This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Are you over 60 or 65 and still working away at your day job? If so, you're not alone. I'll talk to author David Kravitz about whether the old concept of retirement is a thing of the past. And what are the special issues around aging for the lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer community? John Thornton of Pink Carp will preview a special conference on that subject. Show me the place. And Zoomer favorite Canadian singer-songwriter Leonard Cohn has recorded his first new album since 2004. It's called Old Ideas, and it'll be in record stores this January. Today we'll have a sneak preview of one of the songs, but first... Here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. With projections that health spending could top 80% of provincial budgets within 20 years, provincial health ministers met in Halifax this week. It's the first step towards a new 2014 health accord on the agenda dealing with the aging population, chronic illnesses, and the rise of obesity. The meetings will continue through January and culminate with a gathering of the premiers. Speaking of your health, blood pressure is rising across Canada. By the year 2013, 7.5 million or more than a quarter of Canadians will suffer from hypertension. That's according to a new study in the Canadian Medical Association Journal, which finds there are more than 400,000 new cases each year. High blood pressure increases the risk of stroke, heart failure and dementia, and according to the study, it's the leading risk factor for death worldwide. The study says that while awareness is rising, we need a stronger focus on the importance of regular exercise and a better diet. And some of the drugs you're taking for high blood pressure could be sending you to the hospital. A new study out of the United States finds that four drugs are responsible for nearly two-thirds of hospital visits made by adults over 65. The study, published in the New England Journal of Medicine, says that warfarin, also known as Coumadin and used as a blood thinner, tops the list. It's responsible for 33% of emergency hospital trips. Insulin injections are next, accounting for 14% of hospital visits. The other culprits are aspirin and other antiplatelet drugs that help prevent clotting. And just behind them were diabetes drugs taken by mouth called oral hypoglycemic agents. The authors say the problem is these drugs can be hard to use. Some require frequent blood tests to determine the specific dose. The bottom line, you should consult your doctor often if you're taking any of these medications. Inflation in the United Kingdom is hitting baby boomers harder than any other demographic. That's according to a new report by M&G investment economist Anthony Doyle. To analyze what the average UK citizen experienced in terms of inflation, he split the population into four categories. Students, parents of young families, baby boomers, and pensioners. 
He then analyzed the effect of inflation on a variety of goods ranging from education and transportation to food and alcohol and which demographic consumed the most of each. He found that Zoomers dealt with the most inflation because of rising costs to transportation, housing and restaurant bills. And here in Toronto, Peter Monk, the 84-year-old chairman of Barrick Gold, has donated $18 million to his namesake cardiac centre at the Toronto General Hospital. The Peter Monk Cardiac Centre opened in 1997 after a $6 million donation from the Monk family. In 2006, they contributed another $35 million for new diagnostic equipment. This most recent donation has one specific goal, to help launch four new cardiac centres that will attract star medical professionals. Both Peter Monk's grandfather and father passed away from heart disease at TGH. Since that time, he's made the hospital and fighting heart disease his biggest philanthropic priority. Those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Now it's time for our CARP chat. And older Canadians are staying in the workforce longer than ever. That was the focus of last week's edition of CARP Action Online. It obviously presents both challenges and opportunities. And with me to talk about it is David Kravitz, the vice president of the Zoomer Agency and author of The New Old. David, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, so the employment rate for individuals who are 55-plus has really gone up. For men, it's gone to 39.5% from 30%, and it's nearly doubled for women from 16% to 29%. So, David, what does that mean? I think it's a combination of three things that are coming together at the same time. It's getting a lot of publicity now because of the economic turndown and all the publicity about boomers don't have enough money, but it really started back in the mid-90s. So the first reason is longevity. If you're going to live longer, your savings aren't going to be enough. The premises that you had when you were accumulating those savings suddenly maybe don't work. Number two, the boomers as a generation are very underfunded in terms of retirement. The average uh, savings are not enough to just sit back and live off the interest, particularly if 75 now becomes 85, now becomes maybe I'm going to live into my 90s. Where's all that money going to come from? Now compound that by the economic downturn and suddenly uh, the the need is even more urgent because uh, in addition to maybe not being able to have a clear path into my 90s, I don't have as much money as I thought I did if I've lost some of my retirement savings. So basically, Zoomers have less money. So the obvious solution is you have to work longer. And that feeds into the third part of these forces coming together is that the baby boomers in particular want to work longer because their identification, a lot of it is tied to work. They, they want to feel that they're not losing the power, they're not losing the action, they're not losing the influence, the phone still rings, there's stuff still going on. Um, two months ago, the Pew Research Foundation in the United States that does periodic surveys yep. did a survey on the millennials, the millennial generation born from 1980, the college age and young 20s today. And they asked every generation, what is it that marks you as a generation? What do you identify with as the one defining characteristic of your generation? The boomers replied work ethic and the millennials replied tech savvy. So just in time for the boomers to need to work anyway, 
They have an attitudinal thing that says, hey, I kind of want to do this anyway because I'm important. I'm not getting old. I'm not – I'm reinventing aging. I'm not going to go gently into that good – I'm not going to get that gold watch and retreat into the rocking chair the way my parents and grandparents did. Absolutely. I mean I know that's what I feel very strongly. The, sure. the worrying thing obviously is there's a lot of ageism out there. So I mean me, I would be happy to work until the very end right. but obviously – we need some laws, mechanisms, whatever, to prevent age discrimination because it is a problem. We do. We absolutely do. And um, over and above the laws, though, I think that the uh, there's some positive economic trends or let's say management trends. Companies are starting to recognize the loss of competitive assets when people retire. That knowledge leaves the building, that institutional knowledge, those decades of experience walks out the door and the next person in, even though they might even be smarter and better trained, doesn't have that accumulated wisdom. And there's some very embryonic work being done. There's a professor at MIT named David DeLong that's doing some really interesting stuff with this of getting companies to formally capture that knowledge and then bring those boomers back in on part-time, on flex-time, mentoring all these things combined mean we're not going anywhere. And by the way, that's making it very tough on the millennials because that entry-level job pipeline is blocked. Do you see a war among the generations? Yes. And if I can uh, – I mean, that's what I'm finishing my next book on that topic right now, that there is definitely going to be – because there's resources are finite. If you look at pensions, if you look at – health care, if you look at education, education and health are the two biggest expenditures. Every dollar spent on one is a dollar less for the other. And the boomers and seniors are very well organized and powerful. And, the and they vote. And they vote in big numbers. As opposed to the younger generation. Yes. So young yeah. people out there, if, if uh, you want to prepare yourselves, vote. Yeah, and it's, and it's going to be a struggle for the millennials because they are outnumbered. I mean, they're not going to be able to suddenly make more of them. They're here and they don't have enough votes. Okay, well, uh, we'll talk to you more about okay. that. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Thank David, you very much. David, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. For more information on Zoomers working longer in life, visit carp.ca. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. In a moment, I'll be joined by John Thornton and Janet Rowe to hear about a workshop starting tomorrow night in Toronto, Opening the Closet on Aging. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. When it comes to aging, there are special challenges if you're gay. That's why the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer community is presenting a conference called Opening the Closet on Aging on November 28th and 29th. Joining me now, I have Janet Rowe, Program Director at the 519 Community Centre in the Church Wellesley District, and John Thornton, the Chapter Chair of Pink Carp, which is a carp chapter for the LGBTQ community. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. So this conference has been going on for a while now. What made you start it? This will be our sixth conference, um, and we originally started it through the Senior Pride Network, which is a coalition of senior service agencies and LGBTQ agencies. Um, really, we started the conference particularly because we were noticing that services for uh, LGBT older senior adults 
were not as welcoming and inclusive as uh, they could be. Um, and we thought that this would provide an opportunity for service providers to uh, come together and learn more about our communities and what our needs are as we age. Okay, so it was more to bring people from the outside in, your original yes. impetus. Now, John, what are the special challenges faced by gay people as they age? You know, I think the uh, still the number one challenge is homophobia. Uh, a fear for people entering the medical system or going into long-term care facilities to disclose their sexuality for fear of reprisal by healthcare professionals. That's still the number one challenge that we have. And I've, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people who get into the medical system. Um, it could be, you know, uh, a lesbian couple or a gay couple, and they have a medical issue, and they're afraid to. When they're asked what their relationship is with the patient, they say, "Oh, I'm just a friend." There's still this stigma or fear of admitting that you're a same-sex couple. And, I mean, when you say healthcare professionals, is it from doctors, from nurses, from personal service workers? I mean, any particular area where that comes from? I think it's, I think it's all of them. I think we would agree there's a lack of training uh, on all levels. Uh, you know, pre-med does not have any kind of diversity training that I'm aware of that helps, a, uh, you know, a doctor identify a relationship between two patients. You know, the, the real challenge in that healthcare system is that it's not inclusive, it's not comfortable enough for a same-sex couple to disclose that, yes, this is my boyfriend. And I had a, I had a situation where I was rushed to the hospital uh, with my boyfriend suffering from, uh, from migraine headaches. And I remember this, this was a couple of years ago. We get there, they're putting an intravenous in me, and the doctor says uh, to my partner, says, what's your relationship? And he shut right down. He said, it doesn't matter what my relationship is, just make him better. So he was even afraid at that point to say, he's my husband, we're married, we're, you know, he, he, he just was not comfortable doing that. In terms of health care, the bottom line is no matter who you are, you have to advocate for yourself in the system or you're not going to get what you need. Do you have any tips for, for trying to do that? Well, I mean, I think one, it is yeah. pretty important that service providers know how to help mm -hmm. you learn to do that. So we can't do that all in one workshop. Okay. So it's really important for service providers to get on board and, and help us learn how to advocate for ourselves. I think the other thing to, to be considered is that, you know, being a senior is there's a lot of years in there. So folks that are um, over... 80, for example, may have not ever come out, no. um, may not feel capable of coming out. Um, and so many have gone back into the closet or, you know, really don't feel unsafe. It's not some, an experience that they've had. So um, I think that there's varying degrees of uh, confidence in terms of advocating for yourself. And some of that might depend on when you came out. Um, and so I think, you know, what's key for us is making sure that these services that people access are as inclusive and welcoming so that it makes it possible for people to step forward and say, you know, I'm gay, I'm bi, I'm trans, and uh, these are my needs. And your sense, are the institutions willing to change? Are they open? Uh, I don't think so. I think, you know, we're, it's 2011, and myself as a gay person going to the hospital with my partner we are still afraid to disclose our relationship, and it shouldn't be that way. Can I add, though, that um, community-based organizations, uh, that's how the Senior Pride Network came to be, and the folks that, the organizations that have signed on to that coalition of, of um, agencies are 
are really wanting to figure out how to do this better. So I think the, folk, the, the people that come to this conference are trying to make a difference. I think that there are increasingly, there are more, uh, and it's small, small gains, but um, there are more hospitals. I know that Mount Sinai is, has started to look at um, uh, aging and the LGBT community. So there's little bits happening. I mean, on an institutional setting, it's a little different than on a community-based setting. Um, but, uh, but I think it's starting to shift a bit. Okay. On that note, we'll end it. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. For more information about opening the closet on aging, you can visit the519.org. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review on the new AM740. It's time for a quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, we'll learn about an organization that benefits Zoomers by delivering fresh local produce to your front door. And we'll have a sneak preview of Leonard Cohn's new album, Old Ideas. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. When you think of winter in Canada, fresh, local, and organic produce isn't the first thing that comes to mind. But one organization in Toronto aims to change that perception, and they'll even save you the trip to the grocery store by bringing their produce right to your front door. Producer Paul Thomas has more. So this week we have, as always, our salad greens, which are harvested the morning of delivery. We have carrots right from our farm. Uh, we have some uh, Roma tomatoes, which are from uh, local greenhouses. That's Rand Goel, co-founder of Fresh City Farms, putting together one of the many weekly produce boxes that will be delivered from his greenhouse and farm in Downsview Park to the front door of a customer in Toronto. The boxes ship year-round, and nearly all of the produce in them comes from local member farms, a fact Rand is very passionate about supporting. We're facing a bit of a crisis in Ontario right now where... There's a whole generation of farmers that are just getting older and older, and there's no one to replace them. For us locals, it's important both to support the local economy, because our box both helps train young farmers through our member farmer program and helps support farmers around Toronto by buying their produce, uh, but also uses much less energy. You're talking about the 10-mile diet here. While people are often turned off by the price of organic produce, the boxes, which contain a large quantity of about a dozen different items, are only $31 and can be purchased on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Our produce is basically priced at or lower than your sort of typical grocery store Loblaws, and it includes several things that you would not get at your grocery store. Many Fresh City Farm customers are also Zoomers, a statistic that Rand thinks makes perfect sense. It's a very interesting crowd. I mean, I think a lot of these people were sort of uh, the children of the 60s, and they've done very well for themselves, and they're caring both about their bodies and about the environmental impacts and the social impacts of what they eat. They realize that, you know, every dollar they spent is an expression of their values. From Fresh City Farms in Downtown Park, I'm Paul Thomas for the Zoomer Week in Review. For more information on Fresh City Farms, go to freshcityfarms.com. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Now I've heard there was a secret chord. Since the 1960s, Leonard Cohn has been one of Canada's top musical talents, His lyrics have often been considered the pinnacle of intelligent, soulful songwriting. He's won numerous awards and more than 2,000 versions of his songs have been recorded. His devoted fans range from many of us Zoomers to college students who are just starting to explore his catalogue. 
In January next year, he will release his first studio album since 2004. It's called Old Ideas, and we have the first single released just days ago through Cohen's website. Here is Show Me the Place. Show me the place where you want your slave to go. Show me the place I've forgotten I don't know. Show me the place where my head is bending low. Show me the place where you want your slave to go. Show me the place. Help me roll away the stone. Show me the place. I can't move this thing alone. Show me the place where the word became a man. Show me the place where the suffering began. The troubles came. I saved what I could save. A thread of light, a particle away. But there were chains, so I hastened to behave. There were chains, so I loved you like a slave. Show me the place where you want your slave to go. I've forgotten, I don't know Show me the place For my head is bending low Show me the place Where you want your sleeve to go
That was Show Me the Place from Leonard Cohen's upcoming album, Old Ideas. It'll be available in record stores and online in January. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you'll be back next Sunday at noon right here on the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.